in all ways we're to love God and we're to serve him. Jesus always did the Father's will, and that's what he desires to do within each and every believer. And so this journey of sanctification that we're on, that's only equipped because of Jesus and Mm -hmm. through Jesus Mm -hmm. as we abide in him and rest in him. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today, I have a longtime friend with me. Uh, it's just always exciting for me to have former students on, but Kyle goes way back. He was part of the student body. I think it was uh, our second full year um, at, on staff, Arlene and I. And uh, since then, our, our friendship has been rekindled. We've been uh, visiting with each other over a number of years now, and he's actually here to uh, to uh, teach as our guest lecturer this week. So he and his wife, Amy Jo, who was also a student with him the same year, are here with us. Amy is down in uh, in town right now with Arlene, helping with our family business, and uh, and she's Amy Jo is just like that. She doesn't want to just sit around. She wants to get involved, and and so she's helping out, and that's really fun to have her there. And uh, Kyla and I have been uh, spending the afternoon together, just catching up. So anyway, we have Kyle Moore with us this this afternoon. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you back, man. How many, what year were you a student? Uh, We were students here in 93. So it might have been the third year, I think. Well, it was the second full year. Second full? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. You were in the second ensemble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a blessing. That was really fun for us. We, we had that, we had a choir here for 10 years that Arlene and I were in charge of. And then the responsibilities just got to where we had to, something had to give and that's, that's what it was. But uh, those were 10 really neat years for us with the students. We got to spend extra time with you guys and Mm -hmm. and travel with you. And it was good. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, Kyle, you came to us as a student from Winnipeg, right? I came from Winnipeg Um, as a student. That's where I was coming from. I was originally born in Grimsby, Ontario and uh, lived there until fifth grade. And we moved as a family to Winnipeg and uh, lived there for 19 years um, Mm. in total. Okay. And uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? I would, I grew up in a, uh, in a definitely a religious home. Um, I would say that um, the, what I experienced in my home was the love of Christ, um, certainly. And also I, my tendency to look back at it recognizes that um, it could be partly from me that I saw it partially religiously as well, where I was a very task performance driven person. And so when I considered Christianity, that was a leaning in a bent that I had, that I saw God wanted me to do certain things. He gave me commandments to obey and I was going to do everything in my strength to do it. Okay. All right. So how did you come to know Christ? So I came to know Christ at an early age in, uh, in Ontario. I think I was five years old. I remember, that's probably one of my most vivid early childhood memories mm. is actually accepting Christ as my Savior. There was a uh, child evangelism puppet show that was traveling around. Or okay. They used puppets to convey the gospel. And uh, one evening, I think it was near the end of that time, they gave an invitation. And anyone who wanted to um, give their life to Christ would go down and with one of the pastors of the church, you know, commit their life to Christ and, and have Jesus as their Savior. And so I remember vividly going down to into the uh, the child um, Sunday school area and the, the pastor of our church was down there and he pointed me to Christ. I accepted him as my Savior and grateful uh, okay. ever since. Great. 
So then what was it like um, growing up with Christ? What was it like? Yeah, with Christ, um, that's it was definitely a journey. And so as I said, um, and as I shared even this last Sunday with Chapel, um, definitely someone who was striving to do um, what was right. Um, I wanted to please the Lord. I wanted to please my parents. And I was always made aware of what that looked like. And I would find myself falling down. I would find myself falling short, and that would be discouraging. It would be depressing. I would depressing. I would be um, frustrated with myself. Even like I want to do these things, and I and I can't do it. Kind of like Paul in in Romans seven, except yeah. mm. except I wasn't recognizing that it was Christ who could do that in me. Mm. And so through the teenage years, um, I definitely struggled with um, with trying to trying to be accepted by those around me, um, doing things that probably weren't, well, not probably, but definitely weren't healthy um, Mm. for my walk with the Lord, um, walking in some sinful ways. Mm. Um, I had some, had some, had an ailment with my knee that limited my ability to participate in certain things. So I felt like an outcast in certain areas of my life. And so where I couldn't have acceptance, I then tried to find acceptance in other ways and other things. And, um, so I was about 16 years old when I really um, confessed and repented of, of walking in ways of the world. Okay. And um, by that point, I kind of had separated myself from some of the young adults who were really trying to live a life that was pleasing to God. And, and it seemed like I couldn't find a track to be spending time with them. So I separated myself from the, the friends that were not a healthy uh, example to me, that weren't living for the Lord. And and I kind of dove into work. So mm. I was almost working full-time um, through most of high school, definitely 11th grade, 12th grade. And uh, so battling between performing at work, and I was finding great success as the world sees it there, and then finished out school with pretty much doing as little time as I possibly could <laughs> at school uh, and um, and working. So, okay. Yeah. How did you end up coming to his hill? Well, I've... I definitely knew of people who would go to go to different torchbearers. Um, cousins of mine had gone to Austria and Switzerland. Um, I knew of different people who had gone to uh, to um, Thetis Island, and that was the place that I had considered. Um, I actually had applied to Ravencrest for a winter term the year before I came here. Mm. And this is like back in the snail mail time, right? Yeah. So in order to get the paperwork processed, especially over the holidays, it wasn't going to happen. So they, they basically told me to go ahead and just kind of apply or, or to postpone my, my time until the next fall. And by that time, I had, I had encountered some other people who had been to the Hill, and they recommended it. And uh, I thought, Texas, hmm, it's going to be warm there. Coming from Winnipeg, that was definitely an attraction. I had a convertible. And so I thought I might be, actual, it may, might be able to put the top down <laughs> once or twice during the winter. So, um, yeah, I think you enjoyed that. That's my first memory of you. I was out in front of the fish house yeah, and I saw you coming down the road with the top off little red convertible. Yeah. The problem with that, that convertible was that in Manitoba, you didn't need air conditioning if you had a convertible, but I definitely needed air conditioning down here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was your year like here as a student? Um, it was a blessing. I, I wish that, I mean, I often have wished that I could come back and do it all again mm-hmm. because you never get the full advantage in, you, in that 2020 hindsight. Even looking back and like, you're always questioning, you're saying, oh, I, I've missed out on so many opportunities the Lord had for me. But the Lord, I walked in what he had for me and mm-hmm. I'm learning from them and have experienced 
um, what he needed me to understand. And the most important thing I understood was that Christ is my life mm-hmm. and that, um, yeah, I I um I remember you being in the choir and then Amy Joe being in the choir too. That mm-hmm. must have been kind of special because you guys were already I think well, you started dating pretty early in the I year, think, didn't you? Yeah, it was November, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Yeah. So you had that year together mm-hmm. uh, even in in the choir and then uh you got married soon after. We got married in July of that year. Yeah. So we, you know, we hadn't even known each other a year. Um, I was blessed to have a full-time job that I was going back to after the end of that year. And um, I was older when I came here. I had already graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I was ready to get married. And she was gracious enough to to walk that crazy path and to leave. She's from Nevada. Right. And so for her to, uh, to come and, and go to Canada was definitely something that was um, really big for her, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. yeah, and that was probably the next time I saw you. It was a few years later. You guys were married. You had kids already, right? And uh, you uh, had me into your home. I was in the area uh, speaking with alumni, and you had me in your home for a Bible study mm-hmm. one night. And that yeah. was really neat to see you again. Yeah. You dropped me off the airport, and a blizzard hit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got out just before it it hit. Yeah. And, oh, uh, praise the Lord! Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, so, but what was it like? You guys, you're back home. What was life like after being a student at His Hill, going back home? Yeah, I think, you know, the joy and the excitement that we have coming off the hill, it is, there's nothing like the experience of the close community that we have here um, with other believers, mm-hmm. the fellowship that we can have with them, um, like-mindedness, um, you know, even though you come from different denominations, but understanding and growing in your identity in Christ and yeah experiencing, you know, the rest that we can have in that. Um, I think that really is something that binds people together in unique and special ways. So there are challenges when you leave the hill. And, you know, I want to encourage students this week just to position themselves for that time. It's a long ways away, but even to be thinking about it today. Um, and so for me, as we, as Amy Joe and I started our life together, we, uh, we found a church together that we would be a part of, that we connected with. And we really enjoyed some special times and small groups together. Um, I, I really, the Lord just placed on my heart a burden for discipleship, um, not only my own discipleship, but to be able to encourage and pour into other people's lives. And mm. and those small groups really were an opportunity to start figuring out what God might use me for in that area. And it was always humbling to to imagine, you know, I'm... I'm somewhat a shy, reserved person. I, you know, for me to get up and speak publicly, it was a huge challenge. And the Lord would have me, you know, in front of a pulpit um, regularly. And and teaching this week is, um, yeah, it's it's the work of the Lord. It's not it's any not nothing in my flesh that I certainly um, would be prone to do in my own talents. Oh, amen. So now you you were in Canada. You guys were there for the first part of your marriage, and then you moved back. Or you for you it was moving to, but mm-hmm. for Amy Joe, moving back to the states. What was the process? I mean, you already had kids. You were already established. Mm-hmm. You had you had a job. What brought you down south? Right. So I expressed earlier that I had some physical problems. I have a, a disease in my knee, and that has has caused issues with just general mobility and comfort on a regular daily basis. Um, And so really that was part of it, but um, the life that we were living was very full. 
Um, my work life was uh, very demanding on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great position for someone in the world to look back. They would see that, you know, this person is successful. Um, it probably, not probably, it definitely was impacting my w- ability to be a husband and as a father. And it wasn't a, I wasn't able to fulfill my role in those two areas mm. like I wanted to. Okay. Part of it also was um, not only temperature and vocationally and, and that freedom. Part of it was to be able to go and be around Amy Joe's extended family. Uh, most of them don't know the Lord yet. And uh, so we wanted to have a gospel impact to share Christ with them mm. in any kind of connection in any kind of ways that we could. And mm. we recognized that actually physically being around them would be, uh, would be open up that opportunity. And what was it like? This was in Nevada. This was in Nevada. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, what were those years like for you at, in the family, you and Amy Joe with the Lord? Mm-hmm. What, what were some things that went on there? Yeah. So moving to the United States was huge. Um, it, there, I would, we earlier mentioned Moses, we were talking about his life. And, um, for me, just the whole, um, my identity partially had been in who I was, you know, I was a corporate operations manager. It was a large, massive uh, company, and there was great success. And I could, I could do most things I wanted to mm-hmm. financially. I had great stability, and I had, I had great security in some of those things. And that, um, that all went away mm-hmm. when we moved. Uh, I had committed to spend a year on Amy Joe's parents' farm, and it was my desire to kind of take a sabbatical from primarily from managing people. Um, cause that was very, um, weighing on me. And, okay. and so I thought, okay, I'm going to relax, um, from those responsibilities. I want to focus on my family. I want to be able to help out on the farm. Even if we move off of it, I want to be able to help out. Um, they were, uh, raising alfalfa for dairy. So it was high test hay. And, um, so I spent a year doing that, but during that process, um, it's one thing to work through immigration, but it's another thing to actually bring your um, banking records and everything down to the states. Mm. It might be different now, but in 2002, nothing carried over. No, it's the same thing now. Yeah, okay. My son-in-law's had to deal with the same thing. Okay. So I started from scratch. So it yeah. was that Moses leaving the palace to ending up, ending up in the desert. And yeah, it doesn't matter what your credit rating is no. in Canada. It right. just does not come down here. Yeah. So that was very humbling for me. and mm. But it was an awesome opportunity for me to have that reset that I truly desired but I didn't realize I needed. And so I recognized that, you know, there were definitely idols in my life, whether it was position, whether it was financial security. Um, the government even held our, our money that we had from the sale of our home because they wanted to make sure we would pay tax on, on those earnings. Really? So they held it, I believe, uh, we moved in August, and I think they didn't release it until January. Oh, my. So um, there was a whole ordeal with us moving as well where um, – you know, we had lined up people to drive a U-Haul and we were going to travel as a family together. That all fell through because a vehicle we had purchased, we weren't allowed to bring across the line. Uh-huh. We had to return it back to mm-hmm. them. Um, so it was it was a bit of an ordeal. And so everything kind of was stripped away. And, and I was left with myself to understand who I was and Christ was there through it all. Mm. And um, what... Okay, so you were on on the farm working with the family for mm-hmm. a year. Yeah, and how and and how long were you in Nevada? So we were in Nevada from two thousand two until two thousand eleven. Okay, so yeah. during all those years, what 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 else did you do after after the year on the farm? Okay, after the year on the farm, we moved to Reno, Nevada, and I worked for Overhead Door Corporation, where we manufactured garage doors for um, for North America. 
And so I was back into that manufacturing environment. It was a rather um, heathen environment mm. um, and a lot of things that uh, it was just very unhealthy. Mm. And so um, I ended up leaving there probably within a year and a half. And um, we had sold the home. We had some money to invest in something. And at that point, um, I looked at uh, starting up a business. Okay. And so we moved back to the farm because we knew that uh, we had housing available there and I could kind of work and help out on the farm and, and pay for our, com- you know, for our housing needs. And at the same time, spend some time starting up a business. Okay. And so you started a business. We started a business. It was, it's a fixed wireless internet uh, service provider. So we provide internet to homes in rural Nevada kind of a, a tight-knit area that we provide to. Um, but I have a business partner. He's a believer. And uh, we've been, by God's grace, in business for probably 18 years now, mm. 17 years, something like that. Yeah, so you got in on the that, that industry kind of ground level. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, a lot has changed. Yeah, yeah. isn't that interesting? Yeah. So um, with all of this, running a business, and uh, I guess we could jump ahead a little bit because you guys now live in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And you have really several businesses, um, but also to to just kind of keep jumping ahead to put this all together. You you you're a businessman. You have several businesses, but you're also a pastor, mm-hmm. and th- this this is a lot of balls to be juggling here. Uh, what's that like? Um, it's a challenge. It definitely, um, there's a responsibility that I have primarily to be a husband to my wife. My, I have three adult kids. They're all grown and they're all married. I have two grandsons and, um, none of them live in Arizona any longer. And so, um, my responsibility primarily as, is as a husband, but I also have the responsibility to be an under shepherd at the church and to serve the people, to serve our Lord and uh, it's a big responsibility, both of those two things. Um, to try and balance it, that is something I still am trying to figure out. I pray that I'm growing in obedience to faithfulness in, in all areas. Um, through it all, I, I think pro- probably the best thing to, that we could look back and see is that when we finally realize the areas that were falling short, just crying out to God and asking for his, um, for his care mm. and for his leading and his, his provision. Mm. And so we've seen that in this last year, and it's been a blessing. Mm. What's, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy having pastors on the podcast, uh, and we've had, we've had uh, several. Mm. Uh, you and I were just, just had lunch together, and we were talking a little bit about the state of the church mm. as a whole in, in, the, in the Western society. And we were both talking about how we really feel like, you know, so many of the social issues, so many of the just the darkness we see in society uh, really being having a place because the church has lost its influence in society. Uh, We're no longer that check that we, it would appear we're no longer that check that we at once were. I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, for myself, just the things I've seen change in my lifetime are quite staggering actually. Um, But, being a pastor, what what are some things that you know, not necessarily in your the own congregation that you're with, but as a whole, with a pastor's heart, what are some things that you've seen that are concerning? Also, what are some things that you've seen that are encouraging? Mm-hmm. And where where would you? What is your prayer as to you know what where the Lord would work in your heart as far as where should we go as a church? Right. 
Well, we need to look to Jesus, mm. right? You know, that's that's the tagline, the verse. We look at Hebrews 12, and 1 and 2, essentially, mm-hmm. as we close out the things that we're to put off and we're to be looking to Jesus, who not only was the author, but he is that perfecter of right. our faith. I think one of the issues in our society these days, and it's been growing in the last decades, is how many voices are speaking into our lives. And whether it's social media, whether it's news, whether it's um, from whatever source, all these agendas are coming forward. And our focus is coming off, it's come off Christ. It's, it's come away from the Word of God, where we're becoming less familiar with the truths, and mm-hmm. we're possibly taking them more as suggestions or past cultural um, encouragements rather than truths that we're to abide in yeah. today in obedience to. And so as we look to Christ, He hasn't changed. He's faithful. He's the same God as he was yesterday, Amen. as he is today, and as he, he always will be. So I think, you know, that that verse in Hebrews 12, to have our eyes focused on Christ, um, and we get to see him in the scriptures. For us to really examine the scriptures and to use the, the word of God as the source of life, as we consider what do we need to be doing? What does God's word say about this matter? And, and then... Once we think we understand it, to consider the counsel of other godly believers around us, um, because sometimes we can be very twisted in our understanding of what actually is truth, and we can take the Word of God out of context. We can um, attach our own ideologies or social uh, concepts and constructs and say, these are things that this must be correct, this must be right. But when you look at God's Word, we find that we're maybe even half a degree, half a degree off. Mm. When you, when you travel for two miles, half a degree off, you're quite a ways away from yeah. reality of where yeah. you need to be. And so keeping our eyes fixed on Christ and understanding that he truly is the source of, of life, that he is our very life and that he is also our hope, not only for eternity, but for today. Like for me to live today truly is Christ. It's not, it's not anything that I possibly can put on my agenda to do today. It's like, what does Christ want mm. me to be faithful in today? Mm. And, and that can look a lot of different ways. And it does for each one of us individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's interesting. You know, uh, one of the catchphrases that I have found today within Christianity, uh, you know, if you're considering a, a Bible school, a Bible college, a seminary, if you're, um, if, if you're considering, you know, moving into a community and looking for a church, uh, you listen to different ministries on the radio and, the, the catchphrase that's really starting to to, to become solidified, or not, not becoming, it is solidified now, is, is this, we're Christ-centered. Mm. But I'm finding that it's nothing more than just a, it, it's, a it's a phrase, it's something that's been uh, accepted among us, that, mm. you know, you need to say this, but really, it, you're not, so often, that's not what we're saying. Right. We're not saying we're Christ-sourced. Right. 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 You know, what is it that you think people are, are, are thinking when they say that, you know, because it's just become such an accepted thing to say. Is it, does it mean anything, you think, to people? That's a tough question. You know, that's, and that's very personal for each person. I think depending on what they're being taught from God's word, mm-hmm. Um, they might have a true understanding of that. Even the, you know, that we are to abide in Christ and Him in us. Practically walking that out and trying to figure out what that looks like in our life. I know that, you know, from listening to past podcasts, it takes many of us decades to really come to terms with 
what does that really even yeah. mean? And so if I look back at my year, did I understand what that fully meant? No. And I'm, I'm still growing in it and growing in understanding, but more so growing in obedience. I'm, I'm tr- trying to figure out, this is the fleshly part of my life that seems to come up in, in these areas of my life or in these practices or these decisions, my flesh would come up. And so, you know, I have the privilege of, of looking at the fruit of the spirit with the second year students this year. And it's those in, we haven't, we had one class already. We haven't even got to the fruit of the spirit itself, but we're trying to consider in reality exactly what does that look like? What, how do we practically get to a place in our life where we can walk in the spirit, where we can see Christ actively living in us and through us. And it's during that, during that experience that the spirit's fruit is actually coming forth in our very life. Yeah, I I find that interesting. As you were speaking, I was thinking of, you know, my time as a student here and really, you know, hearing the message of Christ, Um, hearing Major tell us that this is not a concept, it's not an emphasis, it's, this is a person. And, you know, I, I still, you know, did not, I still did not hear what was being said. Um, for, for me, my, my year here involved basically a terminology change with sign language, you know, Christ has to live in you and through you, you know, and showing that with my hands and, and even teaching that after I left, but really not understanding what those words meant until, you know, I, I was, you know, had come to a point with something else you and I were talking about today, you know, again, with, with Moses come to that point where, you know, when we begin to see ourselves compared to the Lord, who am I? But at the same time with Moses asking the next question, who are you? Uh And then his response is, I am, which Jesus expounds on, you know, I am the way, the truth, the life, the door, the shepherd. And uh, it it wasn't, it it took a while for me to, to come to understand that. I think, you know, we, I talked earlier um, in our conversation over lunch about Isaiah, you know, when he actually yeah. was before the throne of God and, and he saw Christ and he realized this is God and he's holy. And I mean, that wasn't what we hear. We hear that he recognizes his own sinfulness because he sees the holiness of God. And there's such awe and wonder and like just praise that, exu- you know, comes forth from him. And I think that that would be my pastoral prayer is that for those who are in Christ, that they would come to understand Christ more and more for who he is, that mm-hmm. we, we know we look at the scriptures and they speak of Christ, but take note of it and write it down, write it on your heart, that verse that, mm. that says, this is part of his characteristic. This is how we've seen his faithfulness. This is how we've seen his power work through, you know, the apostle Paul as he, you know, strives to make disciples and, and hopes to see them mature. He does it all through, Christ strength that powers him. It's not in his own efforts. And I think that is something, you know, that bringing people to Christ and having them actually understand who Jesus is and his holiness and his love for them and his perfection and that there is no sinfulness with him, in him. And he was just that perfect living example that God the Father was so gracious to give us here on earth that we could actually see God's glory in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So not only could they see him in person, we get to look back, you know, with our scriptural 2020 hindsight and see him throughout scriptures and see his glory. And we need to be 
uh, we should be enamored by looking at the scriptures and, and saying, man, I can't believe that God is so gracious to a people that when we see their sinfulness, and then to recognize that, but yeah, I too am that person. I am Jonah. I am each yeah. one of these men, David, you know, I am the adulterer. I am the murderer. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who I might not have physically done these things, but I've committed them in my very heart against God. And it has grieved him to the point where he would send his son in love for me. And not only did he send him to pay for my sins, but he actually made a way for me to be made right with him, that Christ would have paid for my sins. And now he's given me Christ's life within me so I can now live a life that's pleasing to him so I no longer have to grieve him, though I still at times do. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are, you know, you're going through um, kind of a new season in life, you and, and Amy Jo, in that, you know, your kids are grown. We're They're, getting old. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to catch up, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, your kids are grown. They're married. They're out of the house. You have grandkids. But nobody's living in your area. None of these, they've all left. Um, what's, you know, what's the season like for you? Yeah, I think it's a sweet season. We've we've recognized that our family are is the body of Christ. And um, we get to be around uh, believers um, that truly are like family to us. And the bonds that we have with other believers go beyond, um, you know, a blood relative. They're, they're a sweet kind of fellowship that you can have with people that um, are unlike anything else. I love to visit other churches. When I go on vacation, we, we make a point of being away so we can come and, you know, go and worship the Lord in a different church, but mm-hmm. also to see other believers and, mm-hmm. and to be encouraged just by, you know, being in, in the presence of God, being worshiped amongst other people. Mm-hmm. Um, we love to hear people's testimonies. Um, it's something we invite people when they come into our home to share their testimony. Uh, we want to make much of Christ, and we want to pe- give people the opportunity to do the same thing. That's, mm-hmm. that's what our testimony is. So this season of life uh, for us, uh, we miss our kids. Uh, you know, we'd love to be around each one of them uh, regularly. Um, there's physical barriers with that, obviously, yeah. being out of state and out of country. Our daughter lives in Canada. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we have a full schedule, and sometimes maybe that, is, um, that helps us not to, uh, to miss them quite as much. Um, but the Lord is really gracious with modern technology. We, you know, we see common grace in that sense where mm. God is so good to us that we can connect with people over a quick phone call, a text, uh, you know, a group chat. Yeah. Um, we've had some regular uh, Zoom times as a family. Um, we've all, we've all uh, purchased a game, so we're going to try and play a game oh, together yeah. over Great. Zoom. Yeah. Um, or just having like a, a coffee date with my daughter, um, spending time with my kids that way. Um, through whatever means is best for, for them and their schedule. Uh, but yeah, this season of life, um, you know, praise the Lord. We've been married for, uh, I guess, 28 years now. And, um, you know, the Lord has been gracious through that time. And certainly Amy Jo has been gracious to be, to put up with me for that amount of time. Um, but our life, our married life was not centered on our kids. It had to be centered on Christ Jesus. That's the only way that a marriage can stand mm. uh, the test of times today. Mm. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Arlene and I were talking. She's um, speaking to the girls at the end of the week, uh, and she was asked to speak on the, the topic of uh, just the, the woman's role in the marriage. You know, what, what is that? You know, they, they hear from us guys all the time. The students are asking, but be nice to hear from a, a woman on this. Mm-hmm. 
and just you know our, our conversation you know going in that direction is that really you know it's it's only we were designed you know when you go back to this you were designed to uh to really be dependent and to find your identity in the lord mm-hmm. uh in christ right. and only there can we be you know the husband the wife uh the father mm-hmm. the mother that that in whatever the situation is before us right you know whether it's a you know the the, the traditional family as scripture lays it out for us or whether it's a a, a broken family mm-hmm. or a family like yours that's spread apart right. that you know we can only we can only be the dad mm-hmm. that we were designed to be if our identity is found in Christ and that's uh that's an encouraging thing mm-hmm. and to, to hear that you know consistently that's what the Lord's doing right. you know in our hearts yeah, and we have to receive each one of those, you know, positions that we have or each one of those responsibilities as a blessing from God. Mm. And to not do that is to say that he's not giving us a good gift in that. And we know that as a husband, if you have found a wife, that is a good gift from God. You know, mm. in Proverbs, we're told that. And so we're we're super grateful. We should be um, praising God for each opportunity we have to live the life that he has designed and created for mm. us. Yeah, that's that, that's really neat because you know we we're, we're all in different seasons of life. You know, we're talking about being a parent right now, but there's all kinds of things that we have to deal with. All of us. Uh, just got a text from one of our alumni who happened to be here this last weekend. She just came back to visit, and uh, she was sitting in on, on Sunday school this past Sunday, uh, and and she she left. She's already gone home, but she sent a text just saying how it was a blessing for her to be reminded that. You know, because she's asked, you know, she's in a new season. She's not a student anymore. You know, we talked about what it was like to be in this community. But to leave and just wonder, you know, God, God, why would you put me here? Mm -hmm. Why would you do this? And she said, just to be reminded, wait a minute. This is where the Lord put me. He's here. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is abiding. This is being with him. And he is my, he is my life here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really encouraging to to hear that, and I, I was and I told her to, you know, this is, I, I think this is, th- this is part of our role here, you know, is to remind each other, mm-hmm. you know, like Major Thomas, you know, has said to remind each other every day, right. which is what the Book of Hebrews says, exactly, you know, to to remind each other, that, hey, listen, no, no, you're in Christ, Christ is in you, stay put, mm-hmm. <laughs> amen. <laughs> And so often, you know, in our flesh, we, we think when we're going through those trials or their va- or those valleys, we might not, might, art, might not articulate it that way in the way that, you know, it seems like Christ isn't with me right now because I'm going through these things. Our countenance falls, we get discouraged or defeated, you know, we we're fall into a depression. Christ is there with us. Mm. And I know that, you know, you've given testimony to that, and I can des- definitely testify the Lord's faithfulness in that. And he is my hope. It doesn't matter if things are going, you know, swimmingly. They're just awesome, and I'm excited. Um, that's a blessing from the Lord. But as He ushers in those trials for me to walk through, whether it's persecution, whether it's um, suffering, whatever it might look like, maybe it's relational or, or physical hardships or financial hardships, um, the Lord is faithful. Yeah, He and never he's leaves. Just. He never yeah. forsakes. Yeah, Amen. yeah. That's yeah. That that is. That's such an encouragement, and that we do need to remind each other mm-hmm. of this truth. Um, okay, you're you're teaching this week. I am. Uh, this is your first time as a guest lecturer here. Mm-hmm. What are you teaching? 
teaching through the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Okay. Um, and so it's a blessing with the first years to be able to, to walk through that book. Um, it is, it's a daunting task to go through a whole book in 11 sessions. Yeah. Um, I took the first session to give an overall introduction to the book, and uh, we're working our way through it right now. Um, it's a blessing we get to look at Christ as the servant king. And, uh, you know, we white, spent some time whiteboarding those two words individually, mm. and they seem somewhat paradoxical, that how can a servant actually be a king? Right. Um, you know, we certainly see some examples of kings who try to serve the people. Um, ultimately, they end up serving themselves because mm. they want to fulfill a role faithfully. Um, Jesus, he, he's the perfect example of a servant king. Mm. And he came to serve, not to be served. You know, he tells us that in the scriptures. And so as we look to Jesus and we see his example, it wasn't that he would be glorified. It was that he came to serve. He came to um, pay our sin debt. He came to be our life. He's serving us individually today as he indwells us. Mm. And, and how should that affect us? I mean, it it has to bring us to the feet of him, to mm. worship him. It has to bring us um, in a posture of praise and thanksgiving to him, and subsequently as, as a servant as well, that we would desire to, to live by his example. If he is the servant of all and he's living within us, then he's asking right. that of us. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love our neighbor as ourself, mm. and in so doing... We're serving. Yeah. We're serving the Lord fully, completely. There's no area of our life that's left off in that in that example. He doesn't say just to love the Lord your God with with your mind, and in the rest of your life, just you know, put it aside. And in always, we're to love God and we're to serve Him. Jesus always did the Father's will, and that's what He desires to do within each and every believer. And so, this journey of sanctification that we're on, that's only equipped because of Jesus and mm-hmm. through Jesus mm-hmm. as we abide in him and rest in him. Amen. Yeah. What, um, with, with abiding in him, we were talking about this too, you know, maybe we should have just brought the mics with <laughs> us and turned on the, turned everything on over, over lunch. But, uh, you know, we were talking about that some, you know, at John chapter 15, we, as believers, we like to talk about the first five verses mm-hmm. for sure. You know, you abide in me and I in you, you bear much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. All right. You know, that, right. that's abide. And, uh, and you know, that's the, remain there with Jesus. But mm-hmm. then you go on and you read the rest of the chapter and he starts to tell you what this abiding is. It's love mm-hmm. and it's a sacrificial love. No mm-hmm. greater love than this as one that he laid down his life for his friends. Amen. And then it goes on and say, now listen, <laughs> Jesus says, they're going to hate you. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't they? Because they hate me. Right. There's no servant greater than his master. You're going to be hated mm-hmm. if you abide. Right. Um, but we struggle with that. We don't, we don't expect that. Mm-hmm. If I'm abiding, then this is going to be, oh, this is, this is going to be a, you know, a, a comfortable life, right. you know, just me and Jesus. But, uh, we're, we're actually, it's, it's a very trying life. Yeah. Why is that? Why are we hated? Well, because the world, when Christ lives his life perfectly, when he's living out his life, even in us, what they're seeing in us is something that is unattainable for them. And it's something that if the spirit is within you, he's convicting you of sinfulness. Mm. Mm. But when they see the law lived out perfectly in Christ, they're condemned. Mm. 
the law condemns them. Mm. It's not Christ. I reminded our students this last week, um, their homework assignment after the first class was to read John 3, 16 and 17 and 18. And maybe I'll just turn there real, yeah, real right quickly ahead. to us. Yeah. John 3, 16, we all know it, and it's, it's familiar to us. And sometimes with those familiar passages, we stop right there. We focus on it. In our Bibles, it's highlighted, it's underlined. Even devotional time, if we're using that Bible, we'll really meditate on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Mm. And you know, Romans 3.20 um, reminds us that by our works, by our own obedience to the law, not one of us will be declared righteous in God's sight. And the world is realizing that moralism isn't going to work. Yeah, They're not finding success in just trying to be a good person. And everybody has their own definition of what good moral or exactly. good person is. Right. There's no absolute truth for their life. It's yeah. always shifting, especially with society these yeah. days. So when they see Christ, they recognize that he is perfect. He lived perfectly, especially if they're, he's being proclaimed through the life of another, hopefully in a loving and gracious way. But there's something stark um, there's a stark contrast. That contrast of the light and the dark is revealed. And for those who are not surrendering their life to Christ, they're in the darkness. They're lost. And they're seeing that light. It's desirable for them. They wish that they had the light, but they're living in darkness. And in that darkness, there is no hope. And until they turn to the light and accept that light and, and take that light within them, when they truly can understand the love of God and that it's not a condemning love that it's mm. a it's a gracious welcoming we talked about the prodigal son earlier it's the father with his arms wide open running out to meet this son who is returning to him but in in the case of non-believers who's coming to him for the first time and and just amazed at his compassion and that the that he wants to pour out his wealth of love and grace towards them because they know they're so undeserving mm. Mm. Yeah, that's They're, an incredible picture. Yeah. They end up coming to him just for for the ability to live, right? Just for mm. their daily mm-hmm. needs. Yeah. And what does he do? He throws a banquet feast for mm. them. And that's what we have in Christ Jesus. We have a banquet feast in Christ Jesus today. Wow. One day we get to be in his presence. We yeah. get to sit at his table and we'll have that feast with him. And I mean, I can only imagine how incredible that will be. Mm. But in the meantime, we get to enjoy his presence within us today. Yeah. And so often we don't enjoy the feast that is there because of the circumstances in our life that draw our affections and our attentions. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, we get to enjoy him today, Mm -hmm. right now. You know, John 17, 3 tells us that this is eternal life, Mm -hmm. knowing God and his son, Jesus Christ. So eternal life is not something that we, you know, we've put it off for something someday, but it's knowing Jesus right now, knowing the Father right now. What an incredible privilege this is that when we place our faith in Christ, we step into eternity. Amen. And and we're, we're missing out on so much because we, you know, there's that, that turmoil within us. Things are not the way I think it should be mm-hmm. or the way I hope it would be when actually things are the way they should be. Right. You know, because Christ is there. Right. God's will for our life, First Thessalonians mm. four three tells us, is yeah. our sanctification. 
what actually is sanctification? It's more of Christ in our life. It's a good yeah. thing for yeah. us to walk through a sanctification process. Yeah. And it's tough because in that we recognize the ways that we have grieved God, that mm-hmm. we've grieved the Holy Spirit, that we've been a disobedient, that we've been selfish and prideful because yeah. we've wanted our own way. But the blessing is that we get to see more of Christ in us. Yeah, well, that's that. That's Romans 8. Right. You know, the, the good that we get so excited about is actually Romans 8, 29, mm-hmm. conforming us to the image of his son. Amen. That's God's good, yeah. that he's working all things toward. Right. And that, that's that's really that's really neat. Yeah, you know, with back to John 15 and, and talking about you know, the, the hatred that the world has toward us who abide in Christ, mm-hmm. uh, really, then it's the hatred toward Christ. Right. Um, you know, I was sharing with you earlier today that we're experiencing that in, with our business, our family business, because if you make that stance, if you say, hey, my life is Christ, mm-hmm. and because of that, you know, I can't, I cannot condone and endorse abortion. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, and, and there's, uh, there's other things that we have come out and just said, hey, listen, this is the truth of Christ, and it does not agree with what the world's saying here. Mm-hmm. So we can't endorse this. Uh, boy, man, the people that that come out of the woodwork mm-hmm. to attack you uh, is really interesting, and it yeah. can be very venomous, very yeah. accusing. Uh, we've been accused of of lying, of uh, uh, of being, um, you know, not good Christians. Um, it's, it's really interesting, you know, and we'll be, you know, people will preach to us, you know, uh, uh, they uh, will accuse us. Uh, it's, it's really interesting what happens. And then we realize that they hate us, mm-hmm. but they don't even know why. Right. And that's, you know, th- there's encouragement in that because, okay, the Lord's, uh, th- there, there's something the Lord said, we're going to be hated if we abide. Okay. So there's a, there's some encouragement for us as strange as that sounds. Okay. We're abiding. But at the same time, it's just, it's really sad to see this, you know, see these people in such sad Mm -hmm. predicaments. Um, So, you know, we're encouraged to, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we need to, we need to continue this, this path with the Lord, Mm -hmm. trusting him and, and loving people. Right. But what do you have there? Well, I just was going to share as you were, you know, explaining the, you know, the fractions in our society and, and the challenges that we face. I think we need to be really aware of pitying those people and just turning the pity to prayer, turning, mm-hmm. turning what we, you know, when we're encountering enemies. You know, I think of Jesus' words that in Matthew um, chapter 5, verse 43, he says, You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and have and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. And and so I think of that, think of that passage and it's, we really are called to love our enemies. And so as we get to dialogue, especially if it's on a public platform with other people, yeah, be bold, proclaim the truth, make sure you're proclaiming it in a true biblical fashion mm-hmm. and but that it's it's done gently in love and grace and and in the fullness of the truth and the reality of of what it says and we will be persecuted for it when that persecution comes you know if if you have to in today's world have to block somebody uh, because it's not beneficial for it to go on 
continue to pray for them. Maybe it's a direct message to those individuals saying, hey, I know you put a comment in here. I'd love to dialogue more with you about that. Would you be willing to have a phone call? Um, Mm. And when we share the gospel with people, we want them to understand that God is concerned for their soul. And in the same way, we too, as believers indwelt by the by the spirit of god we're concerned for them and we don't want to attack them we just want to point them to jesus and so um invite them into a conversation be hospitable like don't reject it necessarily Um, if the lord gives you the allowance to be able to have a conversation with them go ahead and and pursue it Mm, that's good advice so you've been let's see it's been what uh, 30, no, 29 years mm-hmm. since you were a student here. Yeah. Okay. So now you're back as a teacher. Is that kind of surreal for you? It was very surreal. That was the exact word I used. And like, you know, we have, Amy Joe and I have been blessed to be here for a few Thanksgiving conferences. Right. Um, we visited, uh, I think I've visited, I think two or three other times as well. And, you know, we, even during those times, right, we get to sit where the students sit, we get to hear someone teach and uh, it's it's really humbling to be invited to come and share the life of Christ and to share from the Word of God and to encourage these students. Um, it just I'm totally blessed by um, being around these kids and uh, mm-hmm. kids ad- young adults um, mm-hmm. and some you know more more mature in, in their life. <laughs> um, but it's just been a blessing and encouragement to hear where they're at and where they're trusting the Lord. Um, to be able to encourage them to even be thinking about their time away from the hill. You know, it's the start of the school year still somewhat in the early fall. Right. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a huge blessing. Well, that's, I'm glad to hear it. I I, am. It's like I said, it's exciting for me to see people that were my students now back here and teaching. Mm -hmm. And and, and we're seeing that more and more, you know, where I'm actually starting to teach uh, Charlie and I've talked about, we're starting to teach, um, children of former students right. and we're getting real close now to teaching grandchildren there you go and uh, that happens a lot faster than you think it's going to happen yeah. but but it is a, a neat thing to see the yeah. lord's faithfulness as he continues to work in, in, in lives of students well kyle thanks for giving me some time yeah, i know you it's a busy week because you're teaching uh probably not busier than what any week is like for you <laughs> but uh, i appreciate you putting just putting some time aside and sitting down with me. Thanks for doing it. Thank you so much for having me. Registration for the 2023-2024 school year opened last week and applications have already been coming in. If you or someone you know is interested in applying, please check out our website at hishill.org to get the application process rolling. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with our guest speaker this week, Kyle Moore. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni, and don't forget to be encouraged. He is for you. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.